have that same idea being reiterated that he who was and is and ever will be is the one who greets the churches of that day. And so we are going to look at the coming of the Savior Jesus Christ in this Advent season, in this week when we open John 1, from that perspective that when we talk about in the beginning, we see the gospel fully on display. The gospel, which after all is the good news, that God, who is the King of Heaven, is going to restore His kingdom on earth. Um, so I have a big blackboard behind me. I'm very tempted to start making all kinds of symbols and, and, and arrows and what have you. I'm not doing that. Um, but we have to think linearly. Where we have to think uh, in terms of the, the coming of the Lord to this world is the day of the Lord that has finally come and that manifests itself in various stages. So God has come in the beginning. And God is the King of Heaven. God is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Sovereign God. He is the one who holds life in Himself, author of life. And He calls the earth, with everything else of course, but He calls the center of the universe into existence. Because on this earth He will manifest a representation of His heavenly temple, His heavenly kingdom. And so... When we talk about the in the beginning, when John does that, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. We immediately um, agree with John and say, thank you for this way of introducing your version of the good news by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because we are reminded that the good news is not just, we have a sin problem, Jesus has come, laid down his life on the cross, and if you only believe in him and you make a decision to follow him, you will be saved. It is that. Don't, I don't minimize that. I don't you know, um, say that in a pejorative way. But I am saying the picture is much larger. To have a really um, grasp and, and, and sense of the, the gravity of the word becoming flesh. We have to remind ourselves that this one who came as a babe in Bethlehem is the Word who was in the beginning. He was in the beginning, he who had no, who had no beginning himself as to his divinity, as to his nature. He is the God of the universe and Christ was very much present when the creation was spoken into its existence. One of the things that also help us, and I put that on the board as well, is that it helps us to think about our understanding of the Christian faith in a historical way. We talk about the history of redemption, <coughs> salvation history, another term often used. But then we think about the whole plan of salvation in terms of that triad that I may have mentioned before. We have the biblical uh, display in God's Word of God and the creation, of in the beginning, we have the fall subsequent to the good and perfect creation, and then we have um, uh, the fall, and then we have redemption that God brings about ever so slowly, ever so gradually, until it climaxes in the incarnation of Jesus our Lord, and all of the and and everything that sp uh, spins off from that event. Uh, but but think about 
the Bible's presentation of God's plan of salvation in those three ways. You have the creation, God is the creator, God is the one who is um, who, who, who permitted the fall, um, and who is then also graciously, and this is why the last verse in the last hymn talks about the kingdom being gracious kingdom. It's a kingdom not of this world, it is introduced by the Spirit of God, the Spirit who hovered over the creation to make life come about out of darkness. This is the kingdom that Jesus introduces into the world because he is the light, he is the life. And when his presence in himself, in the word made flesh, comes, then his presence dispels, rejects, casts away the darkness Amen. that is enveloping this earth and that is enveloping your and my heart as sinners too. And so it is a beautiful thing that we know that Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus was very much in every page of scripture, in every event that unfolded between Genesis and Malachi, and with the introduction of John, who is mentioned in our text. And so the king was in the beginning, he was at the creation, he was at the fall as well, and he is also very much part of everything subsequent to the fall, because the redemption plan has been announced from you, Eve, will come the one, the seed, and he is the one who will destroy the authority. As John says in 1 John 4, uh, Jesus came with the purpose to destroy the power of Satan. He is the one to whom Eve listened. She, uh, he is the one uh, to whom Eve listened. Um, and she also looked at what he presented to her, uh, the, the, the fruit. Um, he, um, he is the one who caused, uh, you could say, the fall. And uh, Eve and Adam fell for that and uh, thus uh, required that we have a savior come into this world who undoes, who, um, who remedies, who redeems uh, the curse that, that has been placed on the world because of sin, which is not just Adam's sin, but Adam's sin is my sin. And that's why Jesus is the better Adam. He is the greater Adam. He is the king, Adam. Adam and Eve were God's <coughs> vice-regents. A vice-regent is a fancy word to say that God the King, as I said, establishes his eternal kingdom provisionally in Eden. That Adam, being God's under-king, if you will, proves himself unreliable, obviously, and necessitates the coming of the better Adam who will perfectly do what the King of Heaven commanded and instructed him to do, as Jesus did, because he kept his Father's will perfectly, didn't he? Flawlessly. He was tempted at times in his humanity. Father, may this cup be removed, but your will be done, so that we can have celebration of the communion today. Amen. If Jesus had found another way, if God the Father had found another way for his son, away from death, away from satisfaction for sin, then we couldn't be celebrating communion. Because we wouldn't have the foundation upon which to celebrate. Because sin has been has to be paid for. And sin requires death of the sinner. And Jesus took that upon himself. And that leads me to the second point, and that is that this king who was in the beginning 
was rejected. Adam and Eve rejected the super king. The king who walked with them and talked with them in the cool of the day. When they sinned against the Lord, they instantly became enemies, strangers, alienated. The fellowship had been broken. The fellowship, and I see it, the, the intra-Trinitarian um, fellowship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how that is, there is sort of an extract, extract of that in the, in the Eden, in, 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 in paradise, in Eden, where that fellowship is, uh, has the potential and the possibility of being experienced by Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Because they lived in fellowship with the Maker, the triune God. And so their sin wrecked all of that. And so they were expelled from the garden. And the cherubim with their flashing swords from then on ever were keeping mankind from going back into and having access to the tree of life. Until the Son of God would come and then we could partake of life again and not perish. And so the king was rejected. The king was rejected in Eden. The king was rejected in Israel's history. And the king was rejected in the one who was born in the flesh, the king of heaven, born in this world through his mother Mary. When he lived his life, when he assumed his role as Messiah, what, did, uh, what reception did he receive as the king of heaven on earth? Did people understand? The text says they did not know him. Verse 10, the world did not know him. Um, he went to his own people and his own people did not receive him. Verse 11, but all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become sons of God, children of God. So the king, it's preposterous to think about this, but that the king of heaven, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who has the power in himself to create life, to call life into existence, who created the whole vast universe by fiat, by will, by decree, that we would see ourselves as being in a position to say, I don't want you. How can we even think that way? It shows the depravity of you are my heart. That is how far and deeply you have, and I have fallen, that we can think that the king of heaven can be responded to in this way, in unbelief, indifference. And I ask ourselves the question, is it any different today? When the word has gone out for centuries in our own country, and for many more centuries all around the world in various places, more recently in other parts, but the word is going out, the gospel is going out, Jesus' words come to mind when Jesus said, most people will travel on the broad way. Few follow the narrow way. The narrow way of following Jesus, believing in Jesus, having a personal relationship with Jesus. That's what it means biblically to know someone, to have a relationship with that person. These people who become by given the by God the right to become children of God, they have uh, come to know Him. That is to believe in Him, to receive Him, 
upon the call of the gospel extended to them. Many rejected the gospel, many rejected the king. Many rejected the king who created the heaven and the earth, the heavens and the earth. Many, the majority perhaps in the world, I know it is the majority, uh, they don't acknowledge this king as king. They don't acknowledge that he is the maker of everything that has been created. They don't acknowledge the fact that he is over all things, as this text also mentions. All things, in verse 3, were made through him. Do you believe that? Does the world believe that? Does the person you do business with believe that? The person you teach with believe that? Your neighbor, your friends, your, your siblings, your people in the world, in your neighborhood, in your street. And sometimes I have to say then, in our churches, broadly speaking, do we believe that Jesus is the one who is presented by John as the one who was in the beginning, totally sovereign, totally Lord, totally King, God in the flesh. This King was rejected in the beginning. This King was rejected throughout the history of his chosen beloved people, the Israelites. And how about the church today since the birth of Christ and his resurrection? Do we still confess really that Jesus came who was the word in the beginning and is coming again? Do we really believe the miracles that he did? Do we believe that those are manifestations of his divinity, of his kingdom rule and lordship over all things? Do we really believe that <coughs> Jesus is king? <coughs> because we are going to see the king. John says, we have seen and beheld his glory. You and I are going to see his glory. His infinite, flawless, I don't know how what words to use, his perfection, his divinity. And thanks to Christ, we can see him in that day when he calls us into his presence. We will be able to see him and not perish. But everyone else who is not covered by the blood of Jesus will stand, will see, and perish. And so we have a burden as kingdom citizens to see the world that is lost in sin, going the broad way, thinking that life is to be lived for its pleasures and then nothing else. Warn the world, warn the church, warn the world, our society, our culture, the king is coming. Be ready for the king so that you will know him. When you see him, you'll recognize him by faith that he is your Lord, your King, your Savior, who laid down his life for you, for you, and for me. That King is finally providing the ultimate kingdom to come. In his first coming, I see it as a kingdom that was being established, the foundations for the permanent kingdom as it will become into existence upon the final return of Christ, the foundation has been laid, the finished work of Christ and that alone upon which the church is built up. And then we anticipate the coming of the Lord and in the twinkling of an eye the, all the creation will be transformed in its perfect existence and it will be the temple on earth, the temple where God dwells, you and me. God with us, Emmanuel to the nth degree. What a thought. 
are we even aware of what is about to happen? We, oh, I don't have a real clue. I have a clue, but I don't have a biblical clue, but I don't have a real experiential grasp or, you know, affinity, uh, because there's so much in this world that is so contrary to that kind of life and perfection. But then I go by naked faith, and I read God's word, and that has to be enough for me. And God's word tells me, he's coming again, I'll make all things new, and he said, and I'll be with you till the end of the age. What more do you need? What more do we need as a church? The one who was rejected went through that rejection in order to be my savior. And so by being born again into the kingdom of God, by the operation of the Holy Spirit, you and I are in that fellowship that will never end. Here on earth, as we know from yesterday's experience, things end. Relationships end by death. The last enemy to be conquered. But we know that in Christ, we cannot be separated from one another as we will not and cannot be separated from our Lord, Jesus Christ, who came, born as a baby. The one who stood at the dawn of the whole creation became a child. What humiliation that he who is the king of heaven became a child born in a manger to a people who didn't want him by and large. What's your response to Jesus? What is your my response to the Christ child who came as the king of heaven to this world to restore what we had messed up so that there would be a kingdom someday, kingdom without end? The gospel is good, isn't it? The gospel is good news because we know that the king who was in the beginning, whoever was and ever will be, is present among us by his spirit and through the word and the spirit he guides his people to the promised land mm -hmm. to the new eden kingdom restored may all of us have that hope within us jesus come quickly amen amen let's pray heavenly father we thank you for the gospel of the lord jesus christ thank you that it is the only hope for mankind Thank you, Father, that it is going forth into the world and that you, by your will and purpose and perfect um, superintendence, are uh, accomplishing all of this. Um, Lord, we, we thank you that we need not worry uh, about the outcome of the plan of redemption in terms of who will be in that kingdom and who will not be in that kingdom. Lord, we know that everyone who is in the kingdom as we ourselves testify, we are citizens of your kingdom because of your grace and your grace alone. Hear our prayer, accept our thankfulness, and apply these truths, Holy Spirit, to our lives every day, this week, and always. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.